Percy's in here. And he's settled. Hey, Percy. Hopefully he won't meow our faces off. If he does, then it's a bit of character, isn't it? It's like, you know, in Disney, where it's got um, every movie has waterfall. Yeah. Every podcast has a Percy in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The TikTok I made has got Percy, Percy. in it. He's there. So He loves it. What is Percy's favourite film? Percy's favourite film, he does like a crime. He tends to curl up and watch a crime with me. But to be honest, he likes movie time with Dad. Right. Dad being me. He doesn't care what the film is, you say? No, because when Sarah goes to bed, which is about, you know, half eight, um, he jumps in a, a chair and we just stick a film on. That's lovely. He loves it. He falls asleep. But, it's wholesome. You know. That's the kind of life I lead, Ellis. That's the kind of life I lead. Just there with a mint tea and a candles on. So. <laughs> I can now confirm as well that it is episode 15. 15? 15. Not including the um, film, film clubs. clubs. No. So. The 15 of the main monthly pods. And uh-huh. we've not got an interview this month again. No, we haven't, no. What we have got, and we'll get onto it later, is the first ever, I've thought of a name, I'm going to call it it, Criterion Corner. Criterion Corner. Wow. You like it? <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem with it is I only, I own two Criterion and you own one. Yeah. But they don't, it's not going to be a feature that happens every month, mm-hmm. but anytime we get a Criterion, yeah, it should become a, become yeah, a thing. Yeah. Okay. Even if it's not a Criterion, it's special edition of something. Yeah, well, it's I exciting think. anyway, yeah. nonetheless. There you go. What else we got coming up? Uh, we're going to talk about uh, your challenge, Gareth. Challenge, Gareth. We're going to do another challenge. challenge. We're going to do top five third installments. Yeah. We are going to do our, that first Criterion Corner. It's talking about Punch Drunk Love. And... Cinema trips. Cinema trips. I think we've got one voice note. Have we? From oh, Meg Two. Yeah. I'd forgotten. Which, if you haven't already, there's a film club out of Meg Two, The Trench, and Sharknado. Yeah. So we had fun watching them. So you can listen to us talk about those if you like. I'm Ellis. I'm Gareth. And this is the Focus Film Podcast. We've got a fizzy water today. Mm. You call it fizzy water. And? Instead of sparkling water. Have you always done that? Or? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know why. Well, I mean... It is what it... It is fizzy water, you know after, after all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just... I'm at the point now, as you know when... Um, normal people, muggles... Yep. Fizzy water muggles, they get a bottle of water that they didn't realise was sparkling. And then the shop owner says, you know that's sparkling, don't you? Sure. And now it's the other way around, and you, you've you had this experience. Yeah. Um, where they say it to you and you go, yeah, I know. Yeah. But equally, I thought I had a bottle of sparkling once, recently, and they'd given me still. And the shock I had was the same. The reverse shock. All right. Yeah, it was the still shock when I'm used to having a was sparkling it, Were you shock. disappointed or? I was disappointed because I wanted sparkling and I got still. You said to me once, it's really good if you're designated driver. Mm. I actually find it's good if you're still driving, mm-hmm. but like long journey drive, sparkling water. That's my go-to now. Really? Yeah. Well, well, that's interesting. And then everyone else around me goes, ugh, sparkling water, what are you doing? Becky says that she thinks it tastes like the static on your telly. That's sad. But it it's quite controversial. Not many people like uh, sparkling water. No. Alas, I do. And, uh, a more mature palate we have. Mm, yeah, I am in my mid thirties, but I, but you quite a mature palate for your age, really. Not many people your age like sparkling water or olives. Yeah, you like olives. Love olives. Do you know the only things I don't like? Cucumber. Mm. But like, if it's in something, I'll get over it. It's fine. And watermelon, and they're very similar things conceptually. I feel <laughs> conceptually, yeah, yeah. You know, they're very watery. Watery. Yeah. I think they're the only... Oh, and I don't like cheese and onion crisps. Mm. What? 
apart from that, I will eat anything. Heathen. Is there anything you don't like to eat? Beetroot. Oh, I like beetroot. Pickled, though, specifically. Right. Um, other than that, I think that's the only thing. So and fresh, raw out the ground. Well, no, roasted. Crunch. It's all right. Oh, okay. Or in a, a ribboned in a salad. I'm mm. middle class after all. Yeah. And then um, celery. I'm not a big fan of celery. I can take or leave it. In some things, all right, but not raw. I like celery. Not raw. It's that thing, isn't it? Everyone has the same, oh, did you know about celery that you burn more calories mm. every time? Yeah, Piss I've heard off. that, yeah. Don't care. It tastes like shit. Of course I am. <laughs> I'm burning calories worried about how it's going to taste. Mm. But there we are. Films. How many films have you watched this month? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I'm trying to hit 16 average to get to my 200 in a year. We're recording this not at the end of the month, mind you, so I've got two three days to do it in two yep. days two days um and i'm on 13 so not many i'm on 16 so i need to be where you're at now yeah um, i've watched a fair bit of shit this mm, month but nowhere near as much shit as you've watched can i run you through it i'm so excited for you to i literally one star started off robots bad on prime with uh you're fucking clicking at me. <laughs> Jack What's going on here? Whitehall. Are we going to talk about this? Jack Whitehall. Yep. Bad. Pez Outlaw, four star. Good. And mm. then I go two star, one star, one star, one star, two star, four star. Three star, four star, three star, two star. Why can't I see everything on mine here? Oh, I know why. I can see everything now. There we go. Well, so the best things you've watched that haven't been a rewatch or a documentary. Yeah. Palmer. Palmer. Yeah. I watched that when it came out in, I think it was the lockdown year. Mm. Justin Timberlake. I can imagine why you didn't like it as much as, because uh, it's quite similar to Peanut Butter Falcon, isn't it? Yeah. It just, in I didn't vibe. think it had as much character. Like, yeah. 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 Um, but I just, I, I just enjoyed it, especially after the crap I'd gone through. I just, sure. it, was, it was a light. Mm-hmm. Although we'll talk about it more later, I know. But yeah, I did enjoy it. Um, and Justin Timberlake was good. He's great. I really like Justin Timberlake. He should be in more. I think it's really um, clever marketing at the minute, the Trolls film, mm-hmm. that they're like marketing it as Justin Timberlake and NSYNC, they're back together, and Justin Timberlake's produced all the music. It's made me go, I want to see that. I've never given a shit about Trolls before, but now... Justin Timberlake. I'm all for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You um, watched <laughs> Pocahontas. And yeah. you didn't rate it. Was this a, it was on the telly and you put it on? No, I put it on. It was a Sunday morning. It was Sunday morning Disney. Mm-hmm. And uh, I enjoyed it, but I'm not sure. Is it, is it, um, it's a bit uh, controversial these days, isn't it? It's not very accurate. No. And they basically, to they basically use it as a way to show how great white people are. Yeah. However, the music the music's great. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. I don't know the words. You think I'm an ignorant savage? Yeah. It's a good one, but I think in the run of 90s classic Disney, mm. it's one of the weaker ones, personally. Yeah. The um, Colours of the Wind, is that what it's called? Yes. That That whole sequence is beautiful. Yeah. Whoever animated that. Um, and it was made the same time as Lion King, wasn't it? And yes. I noticed, I think, you know the rock, what's it called in Lion King that they... Pride Rock. Pride Rock. I think it's in Pocahontas. Really? Yeah. I had a good time with it, though. I was a bit scared to give it three star. What's going on? Someone's giving it beans on the main road. <laughs> it's Mountain Mowbray for you. Mm. You gave it what? Sorry? I think I'd give it three star. Mm, that's what I'd give it. Oh, there we are. Um, I'm going to dive into your diary. Go on, so you watched you've watched sixteen. The the month's not over. Um, but I know. I'm going to say it. There's a couple of five stars in here. Yes. And you're going to talk about one later anyway. Yeah. So let's get into on the 9th of August. You watched Paper Moon. Talk to me. I did. Paper Moon is a film from 1973, but it's all filmed and it's based in. Uh, during the Great Depression. So it's filmed very much like a much older film than a 70s film. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point where I didn't know what year it was made and I Googled it. I was like, wait, 73? But 
It's my kind of thing. It's this adult character that, for one reason or another, is paired up with a child and they have to go on this journey together. So things like Hunt for the Wilder People, Peanut Butter Falcon, I love mm-hmm. it. I don't know why, there's just something about that dynamic that I always really enjoy. Yeah. And Paper Moon was another one. And it's Ryan O'Neill and his daughter, Tatum O'Neill. So they're actually father-daughter in real life. And the whole thing is he's kind of, he goes to a funeral and they're unsure whether he might be her dad or not. So then she needs to be taken somewhere and he's going in that direction. So he ends up taking her, basically. Right. But it was just so funny. It was so... That's why I looked at the... um, When it was made, because the comedy was... I was like, this feels far later than when it looks. I was thinking, this got to be from the 40s. And then uh, watching it, I was like, it feels like a much later film, the way the comedy is, the way it's played. There's a moment when, like, there's a shot of a grave and the lead character, like, leans over and says... I can't remember exactly what he says, but he says something to the grave. And it's such, like, a kind of dark humour joke. I was like, this is this must be a later film. Yeah. So I think that's what I really liked about it. It has a dark, like, matter-of-fact humour but it's also like, it's really heartfelt without being too soppy at any point. Yeah. So I loved Paper Moon. It was so good. I can't wait. It was one of them as well. You get to the end and I just couldn't wait to rewatch it. So. And did you rent it? No, it was on Now TV. Ah, uh, okay. Sky Cinema. Nice. If anyone fancies it. And you also watched, um, which I really want to watch, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Um, and the annoying thing is about it is because all of the showings are like four o'clock, three o'clock and I'm working. So I can't yeah, go yeah, and watch yeah. it, but uh, talk to me about that. Yeah. We went uh, on a weekend with my siblings and partners. We went to watch it and I don't know. I think animation is so cool at the minute because people are taking big swings, not necessarily the massive studios, but other studios like smaller studios like Sony um, I think this was like Nickelodeon or something like that. They're taking bigger swings with their animation style. And I think it's very easy to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles think it looks wicked and therefore it must be a great film. Mm-hmm. But actually I thought the plot was really just basic, um, very by the book, very simple. It was very superhero cliche troped. But yeah. there were some wicked things in it, some really good humour. The four turtles, they had them record in the same room and they improvised everything. Um, not everything, but a lot of it was improvised. And I thought you could kind of tell some things don't land as well as others. Um, yeah, it's that classic improv comedy from America now, isn't it? Yeah. With uh, Seth Rogen. Exactly, yeah. It's very him, isn't it? I mean, the best gag in it was in the credits at the end. It said, and introducing Paul Rudd. That made me really laugh. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, there's really good jokes in it, some really good moments. And Jackie Chan is the highlight. But He always is, isn't he? Always. I, there needs to be more Jackie Chan in things. I can't disagree with you, to be honest. But I, yeah, a three star I would give Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, you had a bit of a thing on TikTok where you did a video and someone gave yeah. you some recommendations. Yeah, Do you yeah. want to take it from here? Sure, sure. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so basically I've already told you about the mayor of a month I've had with loads of one stars. Yeah. Put on TikTok, didn't I? Got confident. And um, someone, Richard Hogarth, he collects physical copy of DVDs, Blu-rays. Yep. Um, he made me a watch list. He made a video, it's like three minutes long. How very kind. Of about 30 different films to watch. And so the first one that took my eye, and so I just watched it straight away, was Repo Men. Because I'd never heard of it, and it looked... It's the kind of thing you used to pick up in Morrison's for a fiver mm. on a Saturday night thinking, I'll give that a go. You know that sort of vibe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. But you've got Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker on the cover. Exactly, That's the exactly. This is was exactly what I mean. You think, I'd never heard of that. That yeah. looks good. Um, the premise is pretty weird, right? So they are repo men, but not. they don't come and steal people's sofas when they can't afford it, like a mortgage. <laughs> but it's organs. So basically, it's in a world where... You can get new organs like a heart or a liver from this company. Right. Not as pay, in like, you know, from the church. Not from the church. No, 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 no. <laughs> they come in, they're just fucking obsessed with organs. <laughs> I can't afford it, but I'll buy it. Um, no, uh, hearts, lungs, you name it. But obviously they're paying on finance because it's quite expensive. Of course. But those people who can't afford to repay it, 
these guys go and take them back. Just take the hearts and basically kill them because they can't right. afford it. There's yeah, because the, I don't know if you ever tried to survive without a heart, but it is quite difficult. They say, and that's sort of, you know, the kind of thing they're playing on here. Yeah, right. And what was the dynamic like between Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker? Were they good? They good good dynamic. Forrest Whitaker, he's always got that sort of glint in his eye, isn't he? Yeah, there's that sort of like cheeky chappy, like, I know what's going on. Yeah, but there's something about him that like just feels like he's always quite a similar I character. I feel like he's always but... been alive <laughs> for at least 3,000 years. If he dies now. God. <laughs> Breaking news, imagine. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if you look at... dead at the young age of... (laughs) Sorry, mate. Young age of 293, because he's been alive since the dawn Mm. of cinema. Yeah. I mean, if you look at his filmography, Black Panther, Arrival, Rogue One. He's good in Rogue One. Platoon, Panic Room. Phone Booth. Phone Booth. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Good Morning Vietnam. The Last Solid. King of Scotland, The Colour of Money. He's good in Last King of Scotland. That's a great film, that. Taken Three. <laughs> Jingle <laughs> Jangle. <laughs> of course, Jingle Jangle. Street Kings. Street, Street Kings. Kings. No. With uh, Keanu Reeves. I mean, we could go on. <laughs> we could. <laughs> yeah, you, Sorry, I'll uh, shut you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Would have been a good top five. Would have. And Jude Law's pretty good in it as well. It, it's given me Looper but not as good. But I really right. enjoyed it still. Nice. Worth a go. That was on, um, I rented it. Rented it. Wow. Three quid. And was it worth it? Yeah, I'd say so. I had a good time. A quid for each star. But there's nothing worse than spending three quid on a film and then it'd be Sharknado. Like that's... <laughs> that's, that's Only an idiot. That's pretty rough, isn't it? Only an idiot. Only an idiot. do that. So we went to the cinema once this month. I've missed going to cinema with you. Now, because um, we cancelled our Odeon, didn't we? Yeah, big move. But I don't know if that's the case. That I think we should be busy. Oh yeah, August has just been mega busy. I've been to cinema twice. Once was with you to see Meg 2, and the other time was... Oh no, I saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I've been three times, but then the other time was to see Haunted Mansion. Yeah. So what do you want to do? Talk about Meg 2? Meg 2, yeah. I mean, I'll play. we'll put the voice note in. We just said that the we were thankful of the final, like, what, half an hour? 20 minutes? Great fun. Yeah. That's what you want, really. The rest of it, I was bored as fuck, I can't lie. It's bloody buzzing. It's bloody buzzing. I'm parked all the way over there. All the way over there? I'm over here somewhere. Yeah, safe was great, and then um, the Meg was great. <laughs> they cast the Meg so well. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, the Meg played all three Megs. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well. Are you walking me to my car? Is that I'm over here somewhere. I don't know oh, where I'll I am. Your car, then. Well, no, we'll just be halfway. Oh, there we am. Oh no, well, yeah, you're there. Yeah, and you're I'm all the way down. There. Literally right on the bottom. Got to lift. No, 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 it's right. one way. Ah. Uh, um, I'll turn this off then. <laughs> anyway, I can't remember what we said on that thing. Um, um, what a great time, anyway. Yeah, it Meg was good. Two. Yeah, it's good. Always it was good full. It was full. It was rammed. Absolutely rammed. Although I gave it two star. It was boring. Yeah, it was boring. <laughs> We've got a whole episode talking about it, but it was boring. Of course. Have we already done that? We're not talking about that next, do we? No. No, we've done it already. We've mate. done it. It's out. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> go and listen to it because we've forgotten it existed so go and have a listen yeah uh, you have a great time so let's go on to get, uh, challenge Gareth shall we mm-hmm. you, you ready for that challenge so I challenged you to watch five films that starred musicians yeah the musicians that ended up were if I'm not mistaken 50 Cent yeah then that Queen Latifah. Yeah. Tina Turner, Justin Timberlake, and Madonna. Those are the, those are the ones I ended up watching. Yeah. Um, I had a lot to choose from, but I'd seen a lot of films with musicians in. Um, yeah, they had to be ones you hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. And, well, I did a TikTok, so I don't know if you sliced that in here. Can we do that? 
probably yeah. drop it in. You've yeah. got the video. Yeah, drop it in. It's the Musicians and Films Challenge. And let's do Get Rich or Die Trying. Bored. Yeah, that was boring. It's sort of that very naughty, like dark and dingy, spinning off eight mile, but didn't really have enough going for it to make it interesting. Next. Okay, film two, bringing down the house with Queen Latifah in it. Let's see, don't really know anything about it. I have a good feeling about this. I think that was racist. I'm having an absolute nightmare with this list so far. Two one stars. Um, I don't know what to do. I hope the next one's okay. I'm sure I'm got, I've got to step it up. I wasn't even supposed to watch the last one. I wasn't even supposed to watch Bringing Down the House, whatever it's called. That was a mistake. So yeah, I'm going to have to... I can't have all one stars, can I? Percy, stop it. Tina Bloody Turner. Mad Max. Beyond Thunder Dome. What's <laughs> another two stars, lads? I'm having an absolute mare with this challenge. At least it's got Tina Turner, listen. Not long to go before I have to finish this challenge. So I'm going to go with Palmer. Justin Timberlake's solid, isn't he? He's solid, he is good. Another one done. That's good, actually. I enjoyed it. <laughs> we've broken the we've broken it now. So next up is is Avita. I wanted to sing just one cornetto. That's that's not Avita, is it? Andrew Lloyd Webber has a lot to answer for. That was like watching, it looked really good, it looked like Godfather 2, but with an ABBA soundtrack. And Don Corleone singing Mamma Mia, that's basically what it was. But guess what? Challenge done. This isn't the rule necessarily, but musicians in movies doesn't always go very well. It went terribly. It was the worst challenge yet. Yeah, entertaining though. Um... <laughs> I had a mare with it, and it just got progressively worse. I thought, oh, that was just a dud. And the next one, oh, that was racist. The next one, uh, it was, I mean, Tina Turner, you can't go wrong with a bit of teen. Turns out you can. Yeah. And then, <laughs> <laughs> then Palmer, though, that Palmer was an up upturn because I was so desperate to like something. Sure. So that... Uh, I wonder if you watched it again, if it would have the same effect on you or whether you'd go actually i just had watched a lot of shit and needed that film yeah out of sync with everything else yeah maybe i wouldn't yeah, enjoy yeah. it as much but i had a nice time i needed it i needed to relax it's up your uh, one star bar a little bit on the on letterbox <laughs> on yeah. the letterbox graph i hate giving one stars i really don't like it yeah because you're like people have still spent time on it but sometimes a film is just a problem like sharknado yeah come on and um the one with the queen of zifa in was Pretty inappropriate. Um, and then Evita. Oh, Christ alive, Evita. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I didn't realise it was um, Andrew Lloyd Webber. I had no idea until it came up. Andrew Lloyd Webber. And you were like, oh. Yeah. And then... Because you, for context, you are not the biggest Andrew Lloyd Webber Not the biggest fan. fan, although I watched Jesus Christ Superstar from the 70s and I enjoyed that and I yes. got it. I understood the whole rock opera thing. Mm -hmm. And then the start of this is a really depressing funeral. It's almost like a, the end. Do you know when they put the end of the of a um, a biopic at the start where they yes, they died? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that happens. Madonna's in a coffin, right? Great. It's and not really a spoiler. She sings. Well, no, it's proper dramatic music. I thought well, this this is pretty good. It reminded me. It had Godfather two vibes. It really, honestly, did. It looked amazing. And then um, what's his name? Antonio Banderas. Pissing right? boots. Pissing piss, piss, piss boots. Pissing boots. <laughs> Pissing boots fame. Um, he's in a bar and it's almost like, I said to you earlier, he's like he's miming, miming to a CD. And then there's like a like a 
the rock kissing. I'm like, oh no, they've done this to it. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> what did I say? The rock kicks in. No, 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 not no. Dwayne Johnson. Rock, as in like a guitar solo, rock maybe a bit music. of sax now and again, but in a period drama. So I'm not, I wasn't happy, essentially. That's the most I've ever talked about anything on this podcast. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, the, you, you know, that was I'm a learning rant. to be vocal, but... That was a rant. If you want me to rant, get me to talk about Andrew Lloyd Webber, because I don't think he's very good. Apart from... Um, What's it called? Jesus Christ soup stuff in the seventies. No. Cats. What, what do you think this is? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were thinking. No. I put your the mask on. Phantom. Phantom. Phantom's great, but the film's not very good. No. They shouldn't put it to film, basically. Just stop. It doesn't translate. So to rank them, you'd have Palmer, Top, then Mad Max, then Evita, then Get Richard I Try, and then bring down the house right? that's probably accurate yeah and that's when second place is a two star that shows how weak that challenge went yeah but you know it's a good challenge you completed it I completed it um, I had fun doing it you've got to watch bad stuff now and again to yeah. know what the good stuff's like you know definitely I like that yeah get that on a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes challenge complete Congratulations. Now, the problem is, I'm away for a couple of weeks, and we thought it might be fun to switch Sharoony things around. I'm very excited. So I've got a challenge for you. Okay. I haven't decided how many, though. I've got an option between five and as many as you can. Right. What would you prefer? I think five. Okay. Because that way I can pick my five. And then? Do a video. Sure, sure. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Your challenge is to watch five films that include a member of the cast from Expendables 4. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. okay. So. <laughs> that you haven't seen before. Right. So. Any of the cast. Can I repeat? So could I watch like five Jason Statham or can I only watch one Jason Statham? Um, Only one of each member. Right. Because otherwise you could just watch five Jason Statham. That's that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so the cast, we've got Jason Statham. Yeah. 50 Cent. Megan Fox. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren. Lundgren Sylvester Stallone. Tony Jaa. Then it gets a little bit more obscure. So it's probably those top ones that I'm choosing between here. I think you've got some good ones in there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be good fun. Uh, can I recommend one from uh, Stallone that you like, that is actually good? Go on. Copland. Copland. Yeah, I don't think you've seen it. No, I don't think I have. I nearly just went Stallone, and then I thought, actually, it might be more fun. Yeah, I like that. And I've watched a lot of Stallone recently, because I've been re-watching Rockies. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. That's a great challenge. Can't wait. And it's because Expendables 4 is coming out in September. Yeah. Expender 4 Balls. Expender 4 Balls, yeah. All right, I'm excited about that challenge. And in response, you're going to do a top... uh, Catching up with a legend. I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need to pick one. So I've, um, it might be uploaded when this podcast is. If not, keep your eyes peeled on the Instagram because it'll be coming soon. But I've done Catching Up with Adam Sandler. (laughs) Adam Indigestion Sandler. (laughs) That's his full name, yeah. In which I have watched Hotel Transylvania, Mm. Punch Drunk Love, 50 First Dates, Uncut Gems, and you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah, which I haven't logged yet. Is it good? Uh, it's definitely not f- made for me. Right. It's like a teen comedy mm-hmm. aimed at like teen girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Adam Sandler's good, good fun in it. But one of those films that I have watched for that catching up with a legend was Punch Drunk Love. Which blew me away and is found a space and it hasn't moved and I've been thinking about it and it still hasn't moved from my top 10 films of all time. Question. Is it in your top five? It It's definitely like worthy of being in there, but I, at the minute, no. Right. Okay. Top five of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, my, so I've got a list, it's loose and it changes all the time. But I like to just have an idea so that when people ask, I have answers. But my cu- current top five that I have is Big Lebowski, yeah. Hunt for the Wilder People, Pulp Fiction, Chicken Run, Alien. Okay. That's And Punch Drunk Love is sitting in eighth after Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring and The Incredibles. Right. But it's all subject to move. I've only just watched Punch Drunk Love. But it blew me away. And so that inspired this new idea. Gareth bought me the Criterion collection, very kindly, for my birthday. The Criterion edition of Punch Drunk Love, which I feel like might have started a birthday tradition. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I'm not so sure. Uh, your birthday's next. Uh, that's how birthdays work. Hey, listen, I've got a, I've got a one in there that I've not even opened. It's sealed still. Really? Uh, Criterion. What uh, is it? Sidney Poitier. I can't remember the name of the film, though. It's just the Western that he directed. It's in there if you want to grab it. I can't remember the name of it, though. Don't just... Don't bother. Just, I'm trying I to... I cannot be bothered. Fine. Um, but yes, go on. Yeah, carry on. Yes, uh, but I... So I said to Gareth, I'd love to do some in-depth podcasts talking about these films, like because Punch Drunk Love is just masterfully made and often these Criterion Collection films are, they're just brilliantly made films. Every inch of Punch Drunk Love is literally why you can define cinema as art. Yeah. Uh, I know that's a bit of a, what's the word thing to say? A little bit of a like, oh yeah. Ponzi. Yeah. Idiotic. Um, yeah, is but it? I mean it. And I stand by it. So I recorded like a few minutes talking about Punch Drunk Love and it's Criterion Corner. And here it is. So I had to jump on here to talk about Paul Thomas Anderson's Punch Drunk Love, which is a film I'd never seen before. And for lack of a better word, I would describe it as a masterpiece. I watched it last night when I'm recording this and I... Message Gareth straight away. He bought me this film for my birthday. It's a Criterion Collection edition where like the uh, aspect ratios in 239.1, also known as Panavision Cinemascope. And it's been adapted for that and put on that as DVD for Criterion, which is absolutely beautiful. And everything about the way this film is shot is beautiful. I was completely surprised that it that it became that, but I loved every single second of it. So I just want to go into a bit of the detail of why this film is stuck with me already. And honestly, why at the minute it's playing around, floating around in like top 10 films ever. And I know that's a big statement and my top 10 films change so much. It's so difficult to just nail on a top 10, everything's so different and so unique. But this is one that is gonna, I'm going to return to so much. I'm going to be recommending it's great. Firstly, it's just my kind of film. I love a comedy that is kind of set in this dark or dingy place, or there's more to it. It's a dark comedy. It's There's more to it than just, here's a joke, and here's a joke, and here's a joke. It's like the humour is in the human condition, and the things that we do as people. So something like In Bruges, for example, isn't just laugh out loud in your face trying to be funny, but it's so funny because it shows like human heartache and and depression and the kind of find, somehow finds humour in that. And Punch Drunk Love does a th- similar thing with loneliness. It finds humour in loneliness and awkwardness and anxieties that I just really didn't expect when I turned. I didn't know what to expect when I turned this film on. I mentioned uh, how well it looks. It looks absolutely stunning. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous film. But there's so many like creative flares that just make this stand out so much. And and in particular, I want to just talk about the um, workplace, the warehouse that the lead character, Barry Egan, played expertly by Adam Sandler. It is 100% a career best performance. It's played by him and he, he works in this warehouse and... When he walks to the warehouse door or the warehouse door opens, there's this massive burst of light that comes through the warehouse from outside inside. And it gets more intense as the film goes on in more tense moments. It's it's even more striking. And it's kind of showing how scary life is. Like he's so afraid of life outside. He's got these sisters that are always asking him to come and do these things for him. Comes this party, but then they come. He comes to the party, and then they're just doing nothing but abuse him and just be nasty to him. 
um verbally and he just kind of takes it on the chin and just goes along with it until eventually he can't anymore but the fact that you have these shots where the light is bursting through and it's kind of showing like he can he can ignore life from inside this warehouse he's got this job this business that he started that i think he thinks is more successful than it actually is and just this show of light from paul thomas anderson having the light shine through the warehouse is so intense for the audience that you're kind of sat there thinking oh my god yeah, he doesn't want to go out there because look at it. It's so bright. Why would you want to step out there? And that's how he's feeling. He's so overwhelmed by what is happening outside of that space. There's a few other things that are like visually, like there's a lot of things that are shot in real time. Like there's a moment when Barry is waiting for a call back from a, the phone sex line, which is a big part of the plot of this film. And he sits there and we as the audience sit there with him in real time as he waits for that call back. And we're not sure whether he's been scammed, whether it was, you know, what's going on. So we're sat there waiting for him. And it's just this beautiful shot where he's sat at a table and we pan from Barry uh, in our view from Barry to the phone that's on the table that we're waiting for. And it's things like that that are so subtly brilliant. There's a shot when uh, we have the love interest for the film played by Emily Watson, Lena Leonard. She, when we have the first interaction between her and Barry, that she kind of walks away from him. And then we see a very quick shot of her, like subtly looking over her shoulder. And then we see Adam Sandler, like pretending he wasn't looking at her. And just those shots, we're on both of their sides. So we see her look over her shoulder. We're with her. We're with um, Lena at that moment. And then we have this quick shot where we're with Barry and we're fully with him. So you're, you're rooting for both sides at that point, which I think so, so clever. It's just a smart way of just shooting that literally five second moment in the film is so pivotal. There's no doubting Paul Thomas Anderson's writing. Whether you've seen There Will Be Blood, Phantom Thread, Licorice Pizza, whether you like those films or not, he is always, always, always writing brilliant scripts. And this one is no different. There's a line that really, really stuck with me. And he basically says, sometimes I cry a lot. That's the line, sometimes I cry a lot. And it's that word sometimes, which just made me go, whoa, because he's not saying I cry a lot. If he just said I cry a lot, that would just kind of be washed under. It's the sometimes, like every now and then I cry a lot. And then he has this moment where he breaks down just after saying that and we we just feel for Barry at that moment. It's just this strive to like, he's so afraid of reaching out to anyone, but is so lonely that you're just, you want him to push himself. You want him to push yourself. And it's lines like that, that kind of make you sympathize with him. The last thing I want to talk about though, is the score. The score is amazing. It's a score that's been composed by John Bryan who has done the scores for a couple. I think he did Magnolia for Paul Thomas Anderson, but he's also done Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, Lady Bird. And then he did a bunch of comedies as well, like Step Brothers and the other guys. So he's got a really eclectic mix of work. But this is by far his best. It's just amazing. And the way that he's clearly worked with Paul Thomas Anderson to create the feeling feelings that this score needs to make you feel is amazing. There's a moment when he thinks... Barry thinks he's been scammed and he just, his brain is just like, oh my God, what's happened? What have I done? And he's feeling guilty and he's feeling scared and he's feeling alone. And he goes into work and the intensity on the score that's playing when he's in work is amazing. He We literally saw a day before how his work was going and there was like, I can't even remember if there was a score or not, but if there was, it was very subtle. Whereas now we've got this intense score. People are talking to him, but he just can't handle it. He just can't handle what's going on. He just can't talk. He's Everything's been overridden by this thought in his head. And that is shown for the audience by the score, which is amazing. And then there's this romance theme that plays when they're walking down the street, which is like classic 1940s Hollywood. And it's just, we just watch our two leads walk down the road and there's this, lovely lovely like kind of swung romantic walk in the park in New York kind of feel to the score but everything that's around them is so just boring 
There's like a big lorry that is in the background of a lot of the shot. Just while in the foreground we have the two leads, there's in the background this lorry and it comes by and it drives past. That's a lot of what that scene is. But the score makes it so romantic. And I honestly think that piece of music could have made anything feel romantic. That's how brilliant that piece of music is. There's a horror screech when the garage door opens towards the end. You know something's going to happen. You know something bad's going to happen just because of that horror screech. You feel uneasy and then it does, not five seconds later. There's just something amazing about every single element of this. The cinematography, the direction, the performances, the score, the production values. Everything is just top tier. And it's great filmmaking. And I've heard a lot of, um, I've been into a rabbit hole since watching this, like just so interested in the film. And I've seen a lot of people who are in the industry, a lot of actors that say the best performance they've ever seen is Adam Sandler as Punch Drunk, in Punch Drunk Love. It kind of just made you rethink who he is as an actor. And I know since he's done a lot more, um, Uncut Gems just being one example. Because of this film, there's a lot of people wanted to work with Paul Thomas Anderson because this just set him above the rest. This film is a masterpiece. It's a five star for me. It's a film that I cannot wait to revisit. It's a film that is full of creative nuance and flair and deserves to be at the top of the pile. I absolutely love it. And I've been told before that I big up films too much and I... <laughs> over it, like make people go, you got to watch this. And I'm not for any second saying that because this film made me realize that I love this film because it suited me. It was my taste in film. Uh, it's the reason like Big Lebowski is what I always say. If I had to, had to, had to pick a favorite film, I'd say the Big Lebowski. And I know not as, no, not everyone loves that film as much as I do, that's what makes it so brilliant. That's what makes film so brilliant. And Punch Drunk Love is another example of just, I watched this and I loved it. And I thought it was excellent. I could not recommend the Criterion Collection copy enough. It's a lovely box. <laughs> uh, and then it's got some great stuff in the middle. It's got a really good uh, written essay inside, which I had a read of after. Loads of bonus features. But oh my word, Punch Drunk Love, a masterpiece. <laughs> nice you loved it then <laughs> loved it bloody loved it bloody loved it that's great that's really good Adam Sandler's best as well for sure he got a lot of praise for it didn't he yeah well he's one of those that like everyone talks about Punch mm -hmm. Drunk Love and whenever you watch round tables people say the directors and actors say Paul Thomas Anderson's Punch Drunk Love is amazing or Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Love is the best performance ever. It's always complimented by people in the industry. Yeah, uh, and you can yeah you can fully see why. I need to I need to borrow it. I should have bought it. You, you should have. But, you you know. it. Um, the film with, it, that I've got is Buck and the Preacher. Oh, the Sydney Poitier one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he directed it as well. Nice. And it's a western. So maybe that'll be the next one. Maybe if I get a chance to watch it this month. Maybe because I'm I uh, I watched. Uh, what was it? In the Heat of the Night, which is amazing. Mm. I think I five-starred it, did I? Four-star. Wow. Um, but yeah, that's on Amazon Prime. Well, and that's also Sydney Poitier. Mm. Is it? Yeah. yeah, I think it was, it was one of his more famous roles. Sure. Sure, sure. Nice. What we got now, Ellis? What, what top five. Yeah. It's top five time. Top five third installments is what we're doing this time. And uh, to explain uh, what that means... Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I panicked about this earlier because I'd forgotten about it. Yeah. And then, but now I'm excited about it. Yeah. I had a quick look. It's so the third film in a series that doesn't have to necessarily be just a trilogy. Oh, sorry. I keep playing footsie with you under the Don't table. Worry about it. But it could be the third film in a full franchise. Could be anything like that. The first question we need to establish MCU. Right. Are we saying that Iron Man 2 is the third instalment or are we counting individual... So Guardians of the Galaxy 3. That is counts. that a third instalment? Yeah. Third, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I think that's fine. Because that changed... I guess that changed a lot for you. Uh, well, the only two from the MCU that I've gone there are Guardians 3 and Thor Ragnarok. Sure. They're the two that I would put forward that they're very good third instalments. 
Okay. What have you? What talk me through it? What just pick things that stand out? Yeah. Toy Story three. Yes. Yeah, I've got that on my. Uh, Made me cry, and I think I've said this before. I don't know. I might have been on talk about that. Toy Story one, two, and three came at the. I was pretty much Andy's age for each of those. Right. So when he was going to college, I was just about to go to uni. Sure. There's that idea of leaving your childhood behind, growing up. Yeah. Got me in the feels. Sent you. Um. So that's in for me. Goldfinger, I, I didn't even think about. Wow. Third James Bond film. The best Connery Bond. The best Bond, arguably. Would you say? Goldfinger. <laughs> Come on. And then we've got... He's uh, the man. You can't, no, honestly. The man with the mightest touch. That's all I know. That's all you're going to do? That's all I know. Wow. Well, you have to listen to the song now if you want more. Want yeah. a, a little piece more? Um, <laughs> a piece of that gold finger. Lord of the Rings. Yes. Return of the King is in there. We're talking Return of the Jedi. We're talking Rocky 3. Back to the Future 3 I, I also liked. See, I don't love Back to the Future 3. Well. But I get it. I tell you what's really good, which also made me cry. I don't know if you've seen it. Nothing makes you cry, though. Men in Black 3. I have seen it. It didn't make me cry, but uh, I have seen it. Well, Why did it make you cry? Which bit? I can't remember. It's very, very end. Whatever <laughs> happened at the end. <laughs> you shook your head then and put your hand out as though to say, like, it's obvious, isn't it? And then you didn't give me an answer. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I can't remember. It, um, I can't remember what happened, but it was, it was an emotive ending. Mm. Whatever did happen. Um, Good shouts there. The other end of the scale, you've got Batman Forever, which I kind of quite liked in a weird way. Mm. Um, Spider-Man 3, the emo one. The worst one. Yeah. I've got uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, that's good. Possibly the second best Indiana Jones mm. after the first, I would say. Right. I've got The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Oh. Because it's kind of like enigmatic which order those three films come in. <coughs> Excuse Bless me. Bless you. Except he's collected bits of kit in the other two that he then wears the full costume in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Sure. So it's known that that's definitely the third of the trilogy. So there's that. There's Army of Darkness. Which, I thought you'd put that in, but I've not seen it. Yeah. And Before Midnight, which you didn't enjoy before Sunrise, so... I couldn't get to the third one of that. I chopped my head off. Oh my God. <laughs> War for the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. That needs to be in there. It's a good one. I love Planet of the Apes. The, the, that trilogy was so good. And they're doing another one, aren't they? Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. Has it got the same people involved? I don't think so. It's definitely not Matt Reeves mm. who's directing it. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. I mean, what do you think of that? Uh, it's one of the best ones, I think. But I don't think I'd put it... I didn't instantly think about it. Same with like Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. It's a good one, but I didn't instantly think, yes. Yeah. You said Rocky 3. What about Creed 3? Creed 3. It's got to be a conversation, isn't it? Yeah. If nothing else, an honourable mention. If nothing else. And then I've got one other that I'm going to have to mention. Go on. Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted. Right. Have you seen it? No. Oh, it's the best one. Um, would you like to add any more? Nah, it doesn't have to, to go on there, but you know. Oh, what about the ones that said about Guardians 3 and Thor Ragnarok? What mm -hmm. do you think of them? Um, Guardians 3 was great. Uh, I think it sealed the deal very well. Mm -hmm. I think they, were, they went a bit too hard with the emotion. They're like, look at this puppy dog guy's... Yeah, raccoon. Raccoon. And what was the other one? Ragnarok. That was great fun. But again, best of the best of the bunch. Bad Boys for Life. I enjoyed that. I haven't seen that. Um, John Wick 3. Yeah, it's good. I like John Wick 3. I'm I not, prefer no. more of the others that we've said. Lethal Weapon 3 is pretty good, but don't worry about that. Um, I think we're, we've pretty much drawn that to a close. Yeah, because like Alien 3, shit. Terminator 3, shit. Yeah. Um... Scream 3 is one of the weaker ones. X-Men 3. Shit. 
The Dark Knight Rises. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Everybody <laughs> is. That's what happens. You think darkness is your ally? Yeah. Put your mouth over your hand over your mouth. You merely adopted the dark. Yeah. I was born in it. So we've got a long list now. Well, we've actually got five that we seem Are to we? be most enthusiastic about. Go on then. Toy Story 3. Yeah. Return of the King. Yeah. Return of the Jedi. Rocky 3. And War for the Planet of the Apes. What about Goldfinger? Shit and Goldfinger. And then I've put Army of Darkness and Creed 3. Oh, we didn't. I didn't put down The Good, The Bad and The Ugly either. Oh my God. I thought we had a few. Oh, All the Last Crusade. Oh my God. Yeah, we've got loads here. Jesus Christ. So we've actually got Toy Story 3, Return of the King, Return of the Jedi, Rocky 3, War of the Planet of the Apes, Goldfinger, Good, The Bad and The Ugly and The Last Crusade. I say we get rid of Star Wars because they're on every bloody list, aren't they? And I'd say we get rid of Rocky Three. Rocky Three gone. Gone. We didn't mention Die Hard with a Vengeance either, but I can't remember it. It's not very good. Is that the one with the bus? That's speed. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't the one with the bus? And it goes in down in the tunnel. Uh, yeah. There's a tunnel in one of them anyway. Or a bus. Um. Okay. (laughs) So. Well, the good, the bad, the ugly, I gave five star. Me too. So um, that's on there. Toy Story 3, I gave five star. I, Yeah, probably, yeah. Return of the King, five star. I haven't seen it in over a decade. So That's madness. Sodden. We are planning a... We are. We are planning a rewatch <laughs> very soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the way you looked at me, <laughs> like you're about to hold your glasses, like I just did. We are uh, Close, yeah, planning actually, yeah, a rewatch. Planning but yes, I was blown away by it the first time, so yeah. Okay, so that leaves Wolf the Planet of the Apes, Goldfinger, and The Last Crusade. One of them won't make it. Here's my throwing it out there. Hit me. Goldfinger. Yeah. You had Doctor Known from Russia with Love, but you had technically had Casino Royale before that. I know it's not part of the... Well, let's just get rid of Goldfinger. Fine. Gone. It's good, but I would say it's my least favourite of those three. Sure, yeah. Okay. So we've got Toy Story 3, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, Return of the King, War for the Planet of the Apes and The Last Crusade. Good, The Bad and The Ugly is definitely the third one, yeah? There's no, this is not just you saying it. That is officially the third one. Wait. Now it's not a technicality. Maybe... just need to be sure about these things because I think that's probably number one. Or is it that The Good, The Bad and The Ugly Glee is technically... Wait, it came out in 1966. Yeah. And then A Fistful of Dollars was 64. And what's the other one called? A Few, uh, a a few Dollars More? A Few Dollars More, yeah. A Few Dollars More was 65. So, it was so the yes. third one's come out, but I think that it's technically a prequel. Oh, well, this is. I think it's that's the third the, one. But yeah, third it's the third one to come out. Okay, well, I'd say that's either first or second. Let's put it first. Let's do it. But do you know what my problem with Indiana Jones is? I only watched the first three once mm. in preparation for when the fourth came out, so I don't really remember. Right. But I seem to remember it's a little bit more whimsical. Yeah. Than the other two. Am I yep. right? Just yep. a bit like the third Back to the Future is a bit more like that. Yeah. But you, you've got Sean Connery. What's Sean Connery? And it's charming. Yeah. It was charming. It starts off with like a prequel bit with mm. a young indie as well, which is a lot of fun. The shame about all this, it's all quite butch, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Apart, I mean, we've got Toy Story 3. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, mm, I'd probably put Toy Story 3 above Indiana Jones 3. Yeah. Would we say of those five, War for the Planet of the Apes should maybe be fifth? Yeah. It was good, but it didn't have like the cultural impact as much as the others did. Sure. And I thought it was the weakest of the three, mm-hmm. even though I still really liked it. So we're deciding now between Indy and Return of the King. And Last Crusade, unless you just want to put Last Crusade in fourth, yeah? yeah. That's what I mean. Last yeah. Crusade and... in and Oh. No, then it's Toy Story 3 and Return of the King for second and third. Sure. Probably Return of the King second. Yeah. Third Toy Story 3, fourth Indiana Jones, fifth POA. Planet of Ape. 
Yeah. And then honourable mentions, there's loads of them. We're sport for choice. Army of Darkness, Creed 3, Return of the Jedi, Rocky 3, Goldfinger. I didn't realise there was so many good third instalments, you know. I know. I honestly do recommend Bad Boys for Life. Okay. I thought it was a great, well, great me... watch. Even if it's not honourable mention, I'm telling you, Pick Ellis two Balthorpe. off that shortlist. Army of Darkness, Creed 3, Return of the Jedi, Rocky 3, Goldfinger, Bad Boys for You've Life. You've named too many films. Well, fuck me. <laughs> That's too many. I can't remember the first one. Army of Darkness, you haven't seen. Gone. Not recommended. Creed 3 and Rocky 3, Return right. of the Jedi, right. Goldfinger, and Bad Boys for Life. Well, everyone's seen Return of the Jedi, and if they haven't by now, they don't want to. So I'm not going to recommend that. It's not... Yeah. What's your problem? You're getting angry <laughs> it's now. It's not necessarily that you're recommending it. Honourable mentions. Yeah. I'm Okay, I'll save you a problem and I'll pick Return of the Jedi. As one of mine. It's gone anyway. You've given me a problem there, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to fall out. <laughs> um, well, I can't. I feel like I can't put... I can't put Bad Boys for Life next to Return of the Jedi, can I? Christ Not really, alive. No. That's just me recommending you, Alice Barthorpe, to watch it. Okay, okay? fine. I will watch it. After I've watched Bad I'd Boys I'd love too. to recommend you Men in Black 3, but I can't put that in honourable mentions either. Well, you could no, if opposite. that was genuinely how you felt. Not really, considering right. what we've put in the top five. <laughs> oh, but I'm just telling you to watch it, so if okay. you haven't already. I've watched Men in Black 3. Oh. Anyone out there has not watched it, it's nice. And Bad Boys for Life. The Will Smith third installments are pretty Shut good. Shut up about Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> Take the Bad Boys to the Life. Out your fucking... Relevant, Will Smith. Yeah, very relevant. Um, so what have I got left? Goldfinger and what? Goldfinger, Rocky Three, Creed Three. Creed Three. Okay. I thought you'd go Goldfinger. Oh no, you've still got another pick, so you could go Goldfinger if no, you wanted. No, it's fine. One each, in it? Makes two. I said two each. Oh. But you can pick one each if you want. This podcast is best when we're falling out. (laughs) Yeah. We usually have three or four. Sure. You, just you pick. I'm just, Just, oh, for fuck's sake. Right. I'm going to put Army of Darkness in there then. There's nothing you can do about it. You love it. So, and I want to watch it. Even though I think I three starred it, but it's on there now. Forget it. Forget it. Do you know what, Gareth? Forget it. So the top five films, third instalments, fifth War for Planet Apes, fourth Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, third Toy Story 3, second Return of the King, and first The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. If you have a top five that you'd like us to do, then get in contact, Instagram and TikTok, at Focus Film Blog. Nice. Have we got anything else to do? Yeah. Go on then. Film Club. Film Club. I've got to announce what the film club is. It's my choice, my turn. Last month we did... Wait. No, that's not how this works. We know what's We're going about to record the film club and then I've picked one for next month. So we'd announce that at the end of the film club episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the one we're about to record that will come out halfway through this month is a film club... Two choices from Gareth, which were? Dungeons and Dragons and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Can't wait to talk about it. Great double bill. Yeah. If you wanted to watch something, Dungeons and Dragons is on um, Sky Movies or Now TV. Or it's you also can on buy Paramount it. Plus. Paramount Plus, buy it, whatever you want. Um, and then Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves is on Netflix. Netflix. Double bill it, why not? And then listen to, to the podcast the podcast so you've got two weeks to watch those two films get on, time. get on it i like having this microphone yeah like at one point i was sat back and then i pushed it forward yeah like a proper podcaster yeah we've top and tailed this with showing off no one no one gives us no one gives us shit Thanks for listening. Please do hit that like or subscribe button. You can follow us at Focus Film Blood. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please do hit that like or subscribe button. 
You can follow us at Focus Film Blog and read new reviews on focusfilms.online. With thanks to Charles Whitcomb for the theme music. Thank you.